You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. So before we get started today, we just wanted to to mention the passing of Joanne Linville. Yeah, as we're recording this, she she passed. Was it? Yeah, I think it was yesterday. Yesterday. yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, June the twenty first. The greatest Romulan commander. You know, it's, her and Mark Leonard are, are are neck and neck. It's just legendary Romulan commanders, and she was even just in that one television appearance, just made such an impact on on so many of us. Oh yeah. And then you know she was obviously very active in the convention scene and and just sort of a, a beacon to fans. So we just wanted to just take a moment for her. Absolutely. And I also thought it was back in the back in those times, as we've talked about before, there were no there were no female commanders in Star Trek in the original mm. series, not on ships, at least. Right. And the only females we ever had were some aliens like on For What World is Hollow and I Have Touched the Sky. And I remember when she was introduced, when Kirk and walked into her, her quarters, her back was to him and she turned around. And you think about that back in the 60s for a woman commanding a ship and a wrongness ship no less that was a big deal back then yeah. for her to be a commander and you're right she was it was one of those I almost wish she could have come back she had great chemistry with leonard nimoy uh, between yeah. her and spock she was a great actress i would have loved to have seen her come back to go up against kirk again and i know that one point they wanted her to do something like that because like you have the klingons like core and kolos and those they came back later on i would love to have seen her come back oh yeah later yeah. on yeah, even on, even in the next gen era, it'd been you know. I'd oh, absolutely! Love to have her come back. That would have been wonderful. Yeah. Um, I was digging through her IMDb, and she did a, a a ton of guest appearances in lots of different shows, and she yeah. did a lot of westerns and things like that in Charlie's Angels. Um, mm-hmm. And she has another Star Trek connection in that she appeared in an episode of the series Mrs. Columbo, which of course starred Kate Mulgrew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wow. now I have to find that episode. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and just you know, just in the last few years, Star Trek Continues brought back her character yeah. as played by her daughter, who did a wonderful yes. job. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit surreal seeing her back on sc- or seeing the character back on screen as portrayed by her daughter. So it's just yeah, yeah. I thought that was a, a lovely tribute to her having her daughter play her character, and you know, um, like I said, she she was for me as a Star Trek fan, just such a memorable character. Um, even just one guest appearance. Yeah. You know, she was she was just great, and you know, inspired a whole series of novels and comics, and oh, you know, yeah. that that character's been going for years. A hundred percent iconic. Well said, Charles. She will be missed. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek hosts, Keith Johnson. Greetings, all. Alan Seiler. What up? And Veronica Daschel. Howdy. And today we're taking a, a spending our whole episode going on sort of a deep dive into Picard, uh, looking back on season one and looking forward a bit at the end towards season two. Now, these are some characters that we've all lived with for decades. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering first, before we get into it, sort of what were your expectations going into the show? And in brief, did the did Picard meet your expectations? So for, for me, at least, um, Next Generation was really the only Star Trek I really remember watching as a kid. Um, I guess because it was on reruns more regularly than any of the others at the time, because <laughs> everything else was probably new when I was... 10 ish yeah um so i i was very excited about the fact that they were going to be bringing these characters back especially now that i have a greater knowledge of the star trek world in general so i don't know if i had any expectations beyond bring back as many characters as possible but in a good way <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i, I it didn't quite live up to what I wanted it to, but I really loved it still. Mm. Well, what were you wanting that it didn't live up to? Well, Data's dead, officially 100%. <laughs> you wanted Data to come back. I wanted Data to come back. I mean, well, he I, did I, do I, that. I knew, I knew he could not, like, come back, come back, because Prince Spider. <laughs> but he could have just sat there in the matrices. I mean, it goes without saying. I, I understand. I understand personality of data and why he would want to do that 
but it was just very sad. And I cried little tears. Oh, <laughs> well, well, you, well, that's funny. Cause later on we talk about Veronica, I think you're, you're, you're introducing kind of a theme that I have about the series as far as that one person, one person. I generally have a feeling about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, go on ahead and tell us uh, your impression. Okay. I, it's so weird. I like Veronica. I literally didn't know what to expect. I had zero expectations. I didn't know what they were going to do with Patrick Stewart. I know when they first approached him years ago, he didn't want to do it or he just, he didn't know. He, he, he was, he was dubious. It's not that like he was saying no, no way in heck. He just didn't know what they were going to do with him. Now, from what I read, Patrick Stewart, when he saw the script and the plot line for the series, he liked it and he liked what they were saying with the with almost in a lot of ways almost the demise of the, what he feels is the the moral center of the federation and starfleet uh, he enjoyed that he liked being an older captain picard who was no longer in command but i honestly had no expectations whatsoever i was 100 an open book um the only thing and i tried so hard because i was late to the par picard party i tried very very hard to avoid spoilers and i I think I avoided I avoided almost every one of them. Hmm. But of course, when you're online, you can't help but know what people think. And I do know that this may be, I would say it's probably the most unliked of the new Star Trek shows, including animation and live series. From what I see online, a lot of people just hate it. And they hate it because they don't like the Federation. They don't like the they don't like the it's almost like the way people reacted to Luke Skywalker when he came back mm -hmm. in the most recent series where Luke is bitter yeah. and is out of it. Yeah, he's out of he's he's bitter, he's given up. He feels like what he did as a Jedi no longer worked. And he has instead of trying to at least fight, he's he's given up. And I've seen so many people online say that this is not Star Trek. I had no expectations. I will tell you up until about episode six, I kept going, oh, I don't know about the series. I just, there was, it was so uneven, but yeah. the last, the back end kind of pulled me out and we can go into that in more detail. So long story short, I had no expectations and the front end was not really pulling me in the back end. I liked. Mm. Yeah. It seems like every new Star Trek series though is a contender for least liked Star Trek series. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, come on. There's that that certain crowd that just you know yeah. doesn't like whatever's new, right? Um, yeah. So I don't know that that's I, I don't I, I don't know that it's going to be remembered that way, even if there's a an initial negative fan reaction in some quarters to it. Right, right. What were your impressions, or you know, what were your hopes going into it, and did they meet them? I was hoping that. The only thing I was really hoping was that Jean-Luc Picard coming back made sense that one thing about Jean-Luc Picard is he's always been a man of integrity. He's always been like, like every person who leads a Star Trek show or movie, he's always supposed to be that person who stands in for us, reminds us of the best we can be, even when it's really difficult. Right. And right. I was hoping we would get that Picard. And I will say at the end, uh, we got, we got that Picard. I think a lot of people, you know, Charles to the point about not people not like, I think a lot of people are stunned at this, bitter old Picard who looked like he gave up. I like that the end of the day was, you know, he, he kind of, he, he, by his own admission, he felt like he was so, he was so um, disillusioned by what happened. He pulled back, but the Picard that we know came back. And I, I think at the end, Alan, um, he did, they did give me the Picard that I remember from the series. They gave me the Picard that I uh, watched and they gave the Picard that he used to be. And the funny thing is, last thing I'll say, Veronica, if I had any hope, I really didn't have any hope, but I really hope that they weren't going to bring Data back somehow and then kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. That's, it's, that's a very, very interesting point because <laughs> I think that they did give me the Picard that I want in mm -hmm. from the very beginning. Mm. Really? I think that circumstances prevented him from being the Picard that I wanted. And you could see him yeah. struggle <laughs> against that and be frustrated with that. But in that moment of struggle and frustration, he is who he is in, in his core being. Good point. Um, but uh, Charles, I want to hear your, your take on this before I get more into that. <laughs> Because we'll get into that. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna get into this one. I hear. <laughs> well, it's it's no exaggeration to say that I've been waiting for this show since 1994, <laughs> when I was 13 years old, and I saw the first preview image from All Good Things with Old Wharf, like a black yeah. and white TV guide photo. <laughs> for me, 
a 13 year old wow. Star Trek fan, all good things was like Avengers Endgame level epic. Right. You know, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I mean, just a few years earlier, the next, I mean, the, the original series crew had had their big 25th anniversary movie yeah. and finale, but it was like skipping straight to that at the end of next gen. It was like mm. if the Undiscovered Country had been the finale in 1969 of the original series, you know, mm. like we, you get to see it now. And then, you know, so seeing that alternate version of all those characters in the future and then the, the show ends with and now we build towards our real future. And I remember going to bed that night, just laying in bed, thinking about, wow, in 25 years, I'll get to see how it really turns out. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. But then, you know, as the years went on, you know, the, the movies floundered a bit and stopped and the TV series, series stopped. And it looked for a long time like we weren't going to get it. So, I mean, yeah. 25 years later in 2019, I'm, I'm an adult. I have a mortgage, a marriage, uh, a teenager of my own. And I see that first preview image and it's Captain Picard looking out across that vineyard. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God, we made it. Like, this is really <laughs> happening. You know, I'm in the future now. They're back. So on, on the one hand, there's no way the show could disappoint me because it's. I, I mean, I, I watched Picard and Data on screen again for the first time, and I'm, I'm a 13-year-old surrounded by Star Trek novels and Playmates toys, you know, in my, in my childhood bedroom. Um, but then at the same time, there's no way it could live up to 30 yeah. years of expectations. I've had this playing out in my head since I was a kid. Yeah. So I'm, I try to keep all that in mind while watching it. And now I like that they focused in on Picard and they, they opened up with him basically with survivor's guilt you know right. not only from data mm -hmm. which you imagine you know when when data died the, the card character would have been in his 70s he's lived a life he's had his adventures and yeah. then you have this you know essentially immortal android with so much to offer the universe who gives his life for him and he's left wondering why i'm an old man why, why would he do that on top of that you've got the romulan storyline with all the people he failed to save there but really just the character in this he's 94 years old he spent probably 60 to 70 years of that time in life or death struggles with yeah. with crewmates who are no longer around and he's left there why am i alive why am i still mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. and and really struggling with that and having to get back up and go find a new lease on life, which I thought was a, a really interesting and poignant take for the character. I a hundred percent agree. Um, and the thing that got me, and, and I know that this is kind of a moment that everybody will recognize and point to, but um, to me, it was about betrayal. It mm. was about Picard is at, in his core, the person he's always been, but Starfleet betrayed him. Yeah. And that moment in the news interview where uh, he said, you know, we, we mounted this rescue because lives were at stake. And the reporter said, Romulan lives. And he said, no, lives. lives. That yeah. is my Picard. Yes. I and agree. That was, that was yeah. the Picard that had been sort of left behind mm. by a Starfleet who had made decisions that he didn't agree with basically. And he it remains that moral center that they have shifted away from. Mm. I agree with that. And I, and I thought God. one of the things, I Man, think so what, good. I thought what you said, Alan, was interesting when you said betrayal because mm -hmm. there's two, three times in the series. I find this very interesting. Um, um, his friend um, is a couple of times when she's first, um, Rafi, when he's first getting back and acquainted with Rafi, she, she says things, you know, it's because she feels betrayed by him. Right. She says things, it's almost like, oh, of course, the great Captain Picard. Right. And, you know, a couple of people would say to him, oh, the arrogant, great hero of the universe, because you couldn't be the savior, you couldn't handle it. And to your point, that's not what it was. He was, he was, he was a symbol and a part of what he thought was an organization that was all about life and helping people. It wasn't arrogance, it wasn't ego, it was compassion. And the reason I say that is I thought it was interesting. There was one scene where he talked about, when he told Rafi that he told um, the, peop the, the commanders, if you don't continue the rescue effort, I'm gonna resign. And he was stunned when they took his resignation. And yeah. Rafi, at the time bitter, was basically, oh yeah, you just couldn't believe the great Catholic Picard, they let him go. That wasn't it. It wasn't that it was ego. It's like you said, he was like, this is not the center, this is not the Starfleet in the Federation that I have served all these decades. I think he was more shocked than offended because of his ego. And, you know, I thought about it. And I think that given what happened, I actually think that every captain and leader we've seen would have done the same thing as Picard. I, I can see Kirk doing this. Mm -hmm. I can see Cisco doing this. Mm -hmm. I can see 
Janeway doing this. I can see Burnham doing this. I can see Archer doing this when it goes to that point, because their point is we're out here to save people. It doesn't matter what they look like, what their names are. I can see every one of them getting to the point of saying, if, you, if you're not going to do this, then you're no longer the Starfleet in the Federation I serve. I could see right. every one of those captains making that same kind mm-hmm. of threat. I don't want to be part of this anymore. I do want to say in answer to Charles's question, um, my sort of expectations going in were uh, a little bit more political in the sense that uh, when we found out the time frame that this was going to be taking place, um, I was really excited to see an exploration of, because this is after uh, Romulus is gone. Right. And, you know, destroying, basically destroying that empire causes a huge shift in the power of, of the quadrant. Right. And right. I was really excited to see an exploration of how the political landscape would shift based on that. Um, with the uh, elimination of Romulus as a major power. Um, we kind of got a little bit of that, but not really. Yeah. When the first trailer came out and you saw Romulans on a Borg cube, I was like, holy cow, we might actually get that thing. And this is like they're staging themselves to, uh, you know, reclaim their former glory. Mm. Um so it didn't quite pan out the way I had hoped, um, but I still, for the most part, enjoyed it. Because yeah, it was actually for all of them, all of the adventure stuff, to your point, Alan, it was actually an intimate story. Well, that's You're- the thing. Yeah. In the modern television landscape, every and, and this is true with modern Doctor Who, this is mm-hmm. true with the, the recent Star Treks, everything mm-hmm. is character-driven to the point where your big sci-fi concepts are a way to tell character stories. Right. right. It's like the emphasis is different than it was when Star Trek was being produced from the 60s through the 90s. Exactly. You know, it was you still had character development, but it wasn't your your sci-fi plot didn't serve that. Right. I agree with you. I kind of also thought that there was going to be more to use the word geopolitical, but more uh, widespread political things. For example, this is one time to Alan's point, this is one time where it would have been interesting to see with the Klingon empire, because again, yeah. you're one of the three major powers in that part of space is pretty much no more a power in our real life world. It'd be like if Russia or China literally yeah. fell, yeah. there'd be a huge power vacuum. So I was kind of expecting that too, but I'm okay with the story they gave me, but I agree with you. I was expecting that too more given what I heard about the show. Mm-hmm. It seems like over the last few years, particularly the first couple seasons of Discovery and the first season of Picard, that there's a recurrent theme that, you know, when the institutions you rely on fail to live up to the moral obligations, it's up to the individual to step up. Exactly. That, which I'll let people at home decide why that's the case. But <laughs> <laughs> but it was certainly the case here. But I, I like that Starfleet wasn't evil. I was afraid Starfleet was going to be evil. They weren't exactly. evil. Right. They they had tough decisions to make, and they you know they they go into that even further in in the Picard novel that sort of tells the backstory. But I mean, just you, you can imagine how if you're a member of the Federation and you know you trying to get the replicators you need, trying to get the trade you need, maybe you don't want them to spend this amount of this amount of resources rescuing the Romulans. The Romulans are jerks, <laughs> you know. Like why why are we putting all of our resources into this? Um, I can see how that would create divisions in the Federation. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Once the show started and uh, the first two episodes, um, my expectations shifted, obviously, and my hopes shifted along with that. And what I would really have enjoyed seeing would be the full story of the Android uprising being told rather than it being a flashback here and there, because I found that incredibly gripping. Oh, yeah. I would love to see that have played out as like a, you know, like a, a 10 episode sort of like natural disaster kind of thing where this monumental thing happens all of a sudden and you have to learn how to survive it. I would have loved to have seen that played out in, in real time in the storyline rather than it being told as a backdrop. Sure. Yeah. That, that would so, be uh, short tracks would be good for that, too. Mm-hmm. They brought those back. Mm-hmm. My only thing with that is even like y'all, I don't remember who said it, but it, they didn't seem to pick up until they like got to space. But like the first couple of episodes, it just felt like it was dragging. And once they were like in space, finally, and had their crew, 
which they spent like five episodes well, recruiting. Those the, <laughs> yeah, the exactly. First, yeah. Exactly. It's like the first five episodes were, you know, the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's weird for a 10 episode series, you've got a three episode premiere and a two episode finale. That's half the season. Yeah. And then you've got five episodes in the middle where they're going to right. go into planets. Right. But, yeah. By, by episode three, I was like, go to space already, Picard. <laughs> like, what, 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 are, what are we doing? Right. Uh, now, I did like the cutaways, though, to um, the artifact, to the Romulan mm-hmm. facility on the board mm-hmm. cube. I, I could watch 10 episode series just about that. Totally. I found that incredibly interesting. Oh, we absolutely. need a Hugh series. Well, too well, late now. No, no. You can go back to his entire time on well, the Reclamation Project. That's very true. That's, that's very good. true. That's, that's a good, good point. Um, I thought he went out kind of easily, but that's my opinion. Yeah, I was. that was one of my most disappointing deaths. Stop yeah. killing characters named Hugh. It's always a mistake. <laughs> Just leave them alive. <laughs> Uh, we'll have to get into those, that later because yeah, I, I had an issue with Hugh dying and how he died and all that kind of stuff too. Um, so to your point about uh, Alan about seeing more about the Android uprising on well, I guess Mars and all of the Federation. Therefore, are we understanding that the Romulans were behind that? Therefore, yeah. So it's like the what's that signal in the Star Wars franchise when the the clones all attack? Yeah. There was sixty six. That's it. It was something yeah. like that. Okay. I thought that now that caught me off guard. I will say, I thought that was a cool little plot device that I did not see coming. Uh, it never crossed my mind. Even, to, even until it was actually revealed, it never crossed my mind that that's what happened. Mm. I thought that was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it seems counterintuitive because the fleet was to save the Romulans. Yes. Right. You know, but you have right. the, the, these Jat Vash who have, a. Uh, they really don't like androids. They really, they really don't right. want synthetic life forms. I picked up oh, on yeah, that. That's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm, gonna, I'm jumping around a little bit. But okay, I have a question about this. How do you pronounce Jatvash? Right. Jatvash, uh-huh. Okay, I have, I have a couple of questions about it. Okay, so the we see that, we see when O and the other women were on the planet, basically doing the new generation of Jatvash, who are going to have to fight the battle. And she talks about how there was a race who, what we now understand, must have created synth, synth thousands of years ago. And then some horrible force came and destroyed them. Now, I thought from what we saw, I thought that the planet they were on or the people who left the story, I thought those were organics. I hate using that word organics in this context. (laughs) I thought those were organics who were killed by the super synth race, the destroyers. And I thought that admonition was left as a warning or a record of how horrible it was. But then they later on said that in the recording of the admonition, that the other um, that um, the other girl took from her mind in the mind mill, in there was the code for how to build the beacon to call the super sense. So was that thing left as a as a as a was that left as a history of body organics and how they were destroyed and how horrible it was, or was it left as a help for the next generation of sense? I got a little confused about that. At well, that I point. think the Romulans thought that it was a warning and that they were downloading it and. You know, it makes you go mad unless you can handle it. But what um, mm. the, now I forgot the synth girl's name, the the other Soji who wasn't Soji. What she revealed was that it was actually a, a message left behind by the by the sense. And the uh, reason it's causing organics to go mad is because it's data that wasn't intended for their brains. So it sort of overloads your brain. So then, either I you see. make it or you smash your head out open with a rock. And then overthinking it just a little bit um, is the only way a synth ever going to get to the point where they can call for help as they go find that eight star solar system. If they're just like, if a synth is like on the outer edge of the Milky Way and they never get to that star system, are the super synths ever going to show up to rescue them? I had, I was a little weird. I was a little confused about that. Yeah. I'm not certain. The the only way we're shown in in this is that if you find that, that, binary star system i guess that's that's the that's the beacon i guess any any synth is going to recognize that's not a natural phenomenon and Mm. sort of be drawn to it you know so something i remember commenting on um when we first watched that episode when the the super synths were coming out is they looked a lot like um like the super control from discovery with the claws and the black and the movement is that it looked like it looked like it looked like control well kind of like the the, the probe that came back from the future in season yes. two discovery that yes was that's what i meant sort of a yeah i mean i guess you've seen one you know <laughs> robot squid you've seen them all <laughs> i kept thinking dr octopus's arms for some reason yeah, yeah. or even unicron right and i guess the implication now is that 
well, if we turned it off, we don't have to worry about these guys coming to Robot Squid the Universe anymore. You know? Well, jumping to the end there, Charles, that was, that was another thing I did right then. I was slightly confused about. That's almost like if you have a loved one and you dial, that's like if you dial 911 and you hang up, they call you back, you know, in real life. And when you're right, they started the beacon and then arms things came through, which I thought was an indication come help, or at least we're at a certain level. And then they turn off the beacon and are they not going to come back? Are they not going to check and say, hey, guys, did you mean to call us? Are you OK? <laughs> we got cut <laughs> off. Yeah, Can wait, you hear me now? They, yeah, right. <laughs> Shouldn't they come back and say, what happened? What happened? Because for all you know, the, uh, the sense the sense that called them. Yeah, we dropped right the call. There. Well, yeah. is it? Didn't they compare it to like the uh, Vulcans and Earth and yeah, I mean, like if, you if, hit war- if, It's something that's been on, in Star Trek for a while. Is if you hit warp drive, and that's when the Federation contacts you. And this is sort of right. a, a bigger level. You get to mm-hmm. that level of sense, and then. But I don't think the Federation come. would contact you if you almost got to warp, but, or you, you started you see the, you see to get to warp coming and, and, and turn your warp drive off. <laughs> <laughs> That, that I don't think they killed. would contact you yeah. at that point. Well, that, that, that's the, Vulcans, to be fair. Because but, the arms are coming out, and then they turn it off, and they're not going to come back. And you're like you said, they're, yeah. you're like they're not going to go, hey, hello. Well, okay, but if it's like a wormholey kind of thing, if it was initiated on one end, that doesn't mean the other end can then initiate it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so to me, I think that in the future we need we should be worried about the super sense opening a wormhole back. Yeah. And but uh, this isn't the last season, so maybe they'll come yeah. back to that, and maybe maybe they won't. But I doubt it. Yeah, I think we're gonna go around and around on this for another half hour if we let ourselves. So no. <laughs> let's move move I along. Think, I think the robot squid is not worth spending time on. I don't think so either. That's no. yeah. That's not the big takeaway here. Okay, right. so I actually had an idea of things to ask everyone. Okay. okay. What What was your most shocking moment? Um, like whoa when you were watching this series there were m- multiple for me but the very first one is at the end of episode one when Dodge, who you think is like the main character other than picard dies yeah, yeah. You're like what yeah that was a shocker yeah that was good um i was surprised that sung jr showed up oh i know <laughs> right right ai yeah ai sung yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, it was nice that they, and I guess uh, Brent is in next season. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing he's playing AI again. Yeah. Well, we'll or get more to season two maybe. because there's other possibilities there. Right. Um, right. Well, I, I wasn't jumping into season two yet. Yeah. But um, gosh. Nothing Keith, shocked you? you in season one? No. <laughs> Not that I can think of. What about when Bruce Maddox died? Okay. When she murdered him. No, 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 no. Because let me just say that I don't understand the point of continuing on with established characters if you can't or don't get the actor to play those characters. Like what was the, there wasn't really much point of, I mean, if you're going to have Maddox, maybe the, maybe the actor said no, I don't know, but it just felt empty to me. Yeah. I, re- I researched that last night, and um, the consensus was that the actor, who is still alive, yeah. was not available. He doesn't do a whole lot of acting anymore. Yeah, I think he's a teacher now. Yeah, yeah. sure. Which I'm sure, he, I'm sure he would have turned up for that episode if they'd called him. But, uh, yeah. you know. But I heard now, he I, wasn't I, Yeah, I thought, the, I thought recasting Echev worked out fine. Yes. And the well, actor I mean, they got to play older Echev actually looks like the, the older Echev from that Voyager episode where they saw him in the future. So. And if you're only going to have him there long enough to stab him in the eye and, you know, right. then it doesn't matter what actor you have. Sure. I would have liked to have seen Manu in the role, but if you're not going to do anything with the character, there's no point. Yeah. Whereas Maddox was, I mean, th- th- there was a buildup to finding Maddox and then you find Maddox and you're like, I don't know who this is. <laughs> yeah. You're like, <laughs> is that him? Is that Maddox? Right. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing they told me because I would not have known. Right, right. And that was a rough episode for legacy characters who were recast and then murdered. Yeah. <laughs> over the course of that <laughs> That was episode. all one episode. Yeah. <laughs> Aside from Picard, we also got, you know, Riker and Troy back. We got da- Data back in a sense. What did you think about their portrayals? Well, okay. You can't have a Star Trek series and not have Riker and Troy back in it somehow. Right. Correct. They have they have found a way to turn up in every show. 
even the animated ones now. <laughs> um, but I, I had mixed feelings about the whole series up to the point where Will and Deanna show up. And at that point, I was 100% on board because, and there, there's, there's this whole thing about this for me, uh, contrasting them with Rafi. Mm. Rafi was a tough cookie for me because she, they tried to sell her immediately as this per this intimate person in Picard's life. And I felt like the character hadn't earned that yet. Mm. And she even had like a nickname for him. That was sort of a level of familiarity that even Will and, uh, and uh, Crusher didn't have with him. Right. And so she's like, Oh, Hey JL. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> you? You blew into town five minutes ago. Yeah. You cannot say that you're, you know, you're on such a familiar level with JL that you can call him JL. When people that I knew for seven years never called him JL. The other side of that is that you get to episode seven and here's Riker and Troy. And, you know, you have, they have to sell you on the idea of they live on this uh, sort of like, you know, farmer planet or whatever. They've been retired. They've had a son named Thaddeus. Um, he died of a disease. They have all this stuff, but you believe it a hundred percent because you know those characters and you trust those characters. Yeah. And they were, it was so well written and the portrayals were so good. And they had the most charming so I, daughter on yes. television. Oh my gosh. I, I want to say the, the girl who played um, Kestra, Kestra was phenomenal. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was my favorite episode of the whole season not yes. just because of Riker and Troy but because it was so good the whole episode was so good it was good it was a bit calmer you know you you yeah. had more time for characters to just sit and talk right. and i love the, the sort of bittersweet portrayal of Riker and Troy they've been through some things now i yeah. mean you, you lose a child they're retired um yeah. i thought i thought marina Sirtis was great she yes. was amazing I love. I, I still need an explanation to why she wasn't listed in the opening credits as special mm. guest star, and only listed in the closing credits as this chick that showed up to film. Right. Oh, that pissed me off. Sorry. I, I love Riker's interactions with Picard. You know, yeah. calling out red alert, and you know, in his house, he's got shields right. set up, <laughs> right. and you know, and he'll he'll just just offhand just say things like copy that. To, to Picard because they're all military bodies essentially. You yeah, know? exactly. Um, yeah, I thought I thought I, I loved that episode. I did too. I loved um, Troy kind of giving Picard a dressing down. Yeah, because of the way he was not really responding to uh, Soji the way he, he should have, or the way that she needed. And here, that's another interesting contrast for me. The first half of the episode, when we were talking about it being spent mainly building the team. Yeah. Um, it was also so incredibly angsty. Yeah. Nobody liked each other. Everybody was angry at each other. Uh, you know, you finally get to uh, modern Picard meeting modern, um, what's her name, Rafi, and they hate each other. Well, she hates him. Right. And then you, you, it was just one thing after another where, and I just got so tired of it. I got so tired of every time we're introduced to a character, there's drama and there's angst and there's, you know, animosity. And I was like, oh, my God, can anybody in this galaxy be nice? And that, that's an over exaggeration, obviously. But that was my reaction. Yeah, yeah. The, fir the, the first four or five episodes was like, who's going to yell at Picard this week? Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And I was like, this it, it just seems like it's nothing more than we had one episode of telling us that this is the Picard that we know and love from years ago but now everybody hates him right. and i was so over it so over it yeah so by the time we got to Riker and troy i was like thank goodness there is a loving episode although i, I will say that hugh was thrilled to see it, picard well oh, and that's the other thing you, it, you're so set up at that point to believe that every person coming on this show is going to be a jerk and not like picard and when they like smiled and hugged each other i was like you know, it was like this big relief. Yeah. Ugh. And then you have that whole thing with Rafi going to wherever she goes and, and sees her estranged son. And there was no point 
in having that scene. There was no point. It didn't add anything to the overall plot. And, you know, all that stuff with her, like I'm strung out on drugs now because I got kicked out of Starfleet. It was like every trope that you could use in that one character was used in that one character. Yeah. yeah. Before we go, Rafi, though, Keith, what did you think of Riker and Troy? <laughs> I... Sorry, I sort of went on a tangent. No, no, that's good. <laughs> oh, buddy. To me, to, 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 to Alan's point, at first when he went to see Riker and Troy, I kind of thought it, was, it felt a little like fan service for me. And I thought, well, I don't know. If, I love them, but I didn't know why. But then, again, looking at it, the Admiral, when he'd gone to the Admiral, everybody was pretty much, to Alan's point, everybody was pretty much telling him, you either let us down or you're arrogant. You know. Mm-hmm. And when he went to the Admiral, he was like, I need a ship. I need a, a little small ship. And her attitude was basically, how dare you? You old, dried up, bitter man who made us look bad. You moralized us, and now you think you can just walk back in here because you're a great Jean-Luc Picard. And she basically told him, you know, the, you know, the get the you know what out of here. And even though he knew what he felt was the right thing to do, I think he was still thinking, am I the right person to do it? And also, am I am I right in what I'm trying to do? And so then when I thought about it in that context, what he was, to your point, Alan, he was going to some people who cared about him and who were basically saying, Yeah, you are right. You know, we we mm-hmm. we're, we're we you are you're right. We got your back. And then at the same time, both Troy and Riker still you know, very lovingly kind of dressed him down just a little bit. Like Riker was like, you always got to be the one. You've always got to be one to sacrifice. And, and I think he needed that. So once I looked at it yeah. in context, I thought it was a good show because sometimes you literally just need to go to somebody who says, um, get real personal. I remember when I was um, 18 years old, something like that. I, when I grew up, I fought my family, my parents a lot. I'm one of five and I fought like all four people in my, there were days when I was growing up where I literally had an argument with four people in my family, me against four, four people in my family. And I would outlast my whole family. I fought my family mm-hmm. a lot. And I remember when I was getting ready to leave Texas, because I was pretty much sick of my family. I was like, I got to get out of this state. It's too little for me and the rest of my family. <laughs> I'll never forget my mom called me in one time and she just said, well, boy, you know, you got grit and whatever you're going to do out there, I know you're going to be successful because you got a hard head. And it was so cool because sometimes, because I left Texas and went out in the world and moved to Chicago and all this kind of stuff, sometimes I would just have a one phone call with my parents. And just one time, they would just say, well, you know, you were always smart. Or you know, my dad would say, well, you know, we, you've always, you always concerned us with how hard-headed you were, but I always knew you were going to make it. And sometimes that one phone call, five minutes with my dad, would be more than talking to you know people for hours. So yeah. I looked at it like that. He went there and he just needed people to say, we got your back and we know yeah. you're right. And yeah. so at that point, I think it was a good show for that. Good episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I liked Riker's attitude, too, that, okay, you know, your your method of being in command works fine when on the bridge of your starship. But it's actually mm-hmm. like, this is my house, you know, like this is my family, <laughs> you know, like, exactly. you know, we're not we're not we're not just going to play by those rules anymore, which but in a loving way, like you say. So I, I thought that was very well done. Yeah, uh, Veronica, yeah. did you chime in on Riker and Troy yet? Um, I no. think I meant I kind of sort of mentioned them we'll go ahead a little bit now more. Um, I mean, I'm if I said anything else, it'd be just repeating what everyone else said. And but, I remember but in when your own special way. OK, so I remember when because we always watch the after trek with Bill Wheaton and he always has that little promo thing. And I remember watching it and seeing at the back of the head and I'm like, oh, <gasps> so <laughs> so um, I was I was definitely extremely excited and much very much looking forward to that episode and and just like you guys said i want to see it well i don't know if y'all actually said this but i want to see um a kestra episode episode um series yeah yeah if you're gonna do a a star fleet academy series you've got your lead right there yes she was so good so So veronica even though they turn unicorn buddies into pizza sausage you're still on (laughs) team Riker. yes (laughs) okay good nice that's an endorsement I don't like sausage in my pizza. <laughs> Ooh, what? Okay. No. Well, uh, <laughs> that's another conversation. <laughs> Veronica, Veronica, what were some of your other questions? Um, well, I kind of asked everyone and no one really had an answer about like shocking moments. Yeah. Who has, so, oh, that's no true. one else. No one else had any shocking moments. I was um, shocked about that. Okay. For me, when seven of nine showed up, because that was just what? at the very end of an episode and she's not related in any way to any mm-hmm. of what's going on other yeah. than like Borg stuff. Um, 
that was that was a huge shocker and i'm so glad that jerry ryan's back and she's so amazing oh yeah she is yeah and without the, a doubt the other shocker for me was when picard actually died because i wasn't convinced that he wasn't that he i was convinced he was actually dead and they were going to continue the series. i knew he was that um the series would continue i thought they were going to rename the ship picard and mm. all those other characters were going to go off on adventures, and they used Patrick Stewart to start this motion of, Interesting. of stuff. Yeah, that was what I thought. But then by the end of the episode, I was proven wrong. Yeah, he got better. He got better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think to answer your question, Veronica, and you guys had already said, for me, the shocking moments were the deaths of Hugh, Ichab, um, and I. Who was the other one that was killed? Oh, and Bruce Maddox. Yeah. And every one of those deaths shocked me. And actually, honestly, all three of those deaths irritated me because I honestly yep. feel like they just brought back names from the original, the other series oh, yeah. just to kill them off. And I just, yeah. to your point, like there's so much more that you could have done with Bruce Maddox. They, they, and I, and I'm still having trouble with now everybody's like, she's like, I'm sorry. And I won't do it again. And then I, maybe you went <laughs> mad for a minute. I, I'm, I'm having trouble with that. That was um, my shocking moment that she committed a murder and didn't face any repercussions. Yeah. And now I, she's. True. But then that, remember in the, in the, just recently, because I watched the last three shows today, and they literally said, well, maybe you went a little mad because of that, you know, because of the knowledge of the admonition. But I'm like, you know, like I, I got a problem with that. I think they wasted Bruce Maddox's character. I think they wasted each of on the table getting ripped apart. And I think they um, I think they wasted Hugh's character, although he was good. I'm glad he got oh, some yeah. lines. I was I hated. I just thought all three of those deaths were if you were going to do that, I'd rather they never brought any of those characters back to kill yep. them off like that. I just thought. That was ridiculous, and Hugh definitely could have had a future um, in the series. And oh, so sure, I, absolutely. All three of those deaths were shocking because I thought I really kept going. Every time I kept thinking, "You're not just going to bring this character back to kill him off, right?" And they did. So that, those three I thought were shocking, but they were also for me rather irritating. Yeah. Hello everyone, Dr. Geek here with a shout out to all the scientists who worked tirelessly to bring a COVID-19 vaccine into reality. <laughs> Let's face it, creating something of this magnitude is a miracle worthy of Dr. McCoy himself. And now, Dr. Geek needs you to do your part. Remember, each shot is one small step back to normal, one giant leap to putting the pandemic behind us. We can do this. For more information, visit vaccines.gov to find your nearest provider. So, Brittany, Martha, <laughs> tell me about your podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like we're in sync, but also kind of a disaster. We are always a disaster. So our podcast is fun if you want to hear two people talk about and complain about stuff that <laughs> they love and also hate. And drink. And drink. And the show is Thanks. called? Oh. <laughs> But, but first, first let's, let's talk, talk nerdy. nerdy. And you can find us on the ESO network. Ta-ding. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> well, out of the new the new characters, who who jumps out at you? I, I pretty much liked all the new characters. I really, really liked Agnes. Mm. Even though she committed murder and got away with it, Scott Free, I, <laughs> I, I think she, I think Allison Pill was just wonderful yeah. in the whole series. Um, I, I liked every character, but I'm going to say the person that I absolutely fell in love with was Laris. Yes. God, I loved her. And, and she's in the, the trailer for season two. So I know yep. we're going to get more Laris and I'm, that's all I need. Yeah. I wanted them to come along. Oh, like, they were Why great. would you not bring your. Tal she former Tal Shiar maiden Butler with you yeah, because, <laughs> because somebody has to bring in the grape crop and take care of the dog. That's true, I guess. <laughs> but to your point, Charles, they're like they're like the more recent interpretations of Alfred the Butler in Scotland. He's not yeah. just a, you know in Gotham. He's not just the Butler. He's he's a kick back, kick butt former um, everything. I I agree with you. Those guys are great. They can they can dress down your bed and kill people with anything yeah. around. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're good. Yeah, they'll go from tying your tie and then you know Romulus assassin kick up the door and they just go do it and they just start <laughs> wasting them like right. wow these guys are handy <laughs> they were awesome man I, that, I just loved her 
Speaking of that, to your point about their ability, did you, did you notice when they had the fight when they invaded Picard's house, did you notice that Picard had a phaser taped under one of the, the tables? Yeah. And he reached for it really? That's, I thought that was cool. I actually kind <laughs> of cheered with that. <laughs> that was, I thought that was a sweet scene. I got to say, probably my least favorite character was Rios. Oh, I like Rios. Only, I was going to say he was my favorite. Only because <laughs> his backstory was so heavy handed. That's true. I mean, yes. it actually had a point and it and it fed into the plot because you discover that these two people that he knew a hundred years ago or whatever were since. Yeah. But it was just so like, oh, I have to get drunk now and I have to I mean, <laughs> I, I I thought he was a great character. I just thought yeah. it was a little heavy handed. I yeah. really liked Rios and La Serena. I thought it was a great little ship. It looks yeah. like a like a bigger runabout, but with like the warp nacelles from that Vulcan courier ship from the motion picture. It looks yeah. like it looks like a runabout that Eddie Van Halen had used. Yes, that that too. <laughs> <laughs> and I love all of his holograms. Yes, that's why I, I liked him so much. This is the holograms, and yeah. they just pop up. And most of the time, you can tell it's it's not him, but sometimes right. not so much. That it's not Rios. That it's oh, hol- I got you. I, I see. I thought yeah. you meant you thought someone else was playing the characters. No, right. I did think <laughs> that was a really cool use of the the hollows. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah. Definitely. I think my two favorite at the end of it are the new characters end up being Soji and Elnor for some reason. Okay. I like Oh, I like Space Legolas. Yeah, and, and here's the weird thing. Um, I think following up what you said, Alan, there's, there's a couple of things. On a larger scale, I had a lot of problem with the series because it, the writing felt so uneven. And I think one of the things I kept noticing was it was almost like in some episodes – they bungled the small moments and got the big action moments good. And then in other episodes, they bungled the big moments, like the big reveals, and got the small moments pretty well. And so the show felt uneven to me. And there were times I'm like, like, like you said, introducing the characters is almost like you felt like they were doing, being kind of amateurish and how they were making the story go along. Um, so to your point, um, what you're saying is when Rios was first introduced, he kind of got on my nerves because he was so kind of cliched. And as was yeah. the quest, the building, the group and Rafi got on my nerves. And I noticed my wife was watching this too. And she came in and she actually said the same thing. She goes, I don't like this Rafi character for a lot of reasons. One, I'll be straight honest. Rafi's a woman. She's a black woman. There were some issues there. Mm-hmm. And my wife comes in and she's like, why is Rafi basically smoking whatever she's smoking? And she's a drunk. And yeah. I had a problem with that too, because as bad as it is, I don't see the Rafi who was in Starfleet with all of the stuff she had. I don't, I just didn't buy it. And she was living in a trailer in a, in a time where people don't, I, I just did not like Rafi's character. And, and like you said, Alan, now, I really don't understand the thing with her son. But then toward the end, I like her better. It's like everybody got better yeah. toward the end. But at the beginning. Right. And I did yeah. like her in the in the latter half I, I, right. a lot. Yeah. And, and it really took that moment where she kind of took, uh, Agnes under her wing and yes. cause she didn't like Agnes when she first met her. She's like, who's right. this chick? Um, but when she kind of took her under a wing and fed her cake yeah. and says, it's going to be okay, honey. I was like, okay, now I'm really buying into yeah. this it was, character. It was kind of like the first season of Picard uh, was seasons one through three of all the other seasons. Cause it always takes till season Agreed. three to get good. And yes. it was, it was, it was almost the same <laughs> amount of time uh, yes. of, yeah. in that one episode, in that one um, season. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I, I get it. you can do a character with like substance abuse problems. Okay. But yeah. I mean, to the point where you're literally stumbling around the ship with a, yes. a bottle in your hand and it's like, it's like a cartoon. <laughs> right. You know? Right. And that right. Was, right. Exactly. And that sort of comes to my biggest pet peeve of the show, which would be the villains who are all just cartoon <laughs> characters. Like, why you. Yeah. Uh, like, especially they, the. The Romulans, all they all dress in black and they're all <laughs> evil. And. <sighs> Yeah, someone so someone called those twins the Romy Lannisters online, and now I can't stop thinking of them as the Romy Lannisters. <laughs> that is they hilarious. Were, yeah, his sister, and a couple times his sister. Like I'm not going to say it here, but like in the in the in the show where they hook up again, and she basically said, "Have you killed any?" And he said, "Yeah." And then she has says, "Have you?" Right. Any? And I thought this is just you're right. This I think this is just a little much. And then sometimes she would she would almost do that kind of mmm when she'd kill people and she go oh I need another gun. You're right. And then she go oh we'll try the violent way. I thought she was a little over the top. They could have told. And that's what I mean about the unwriting of the, the uneven writing in the show. And then he's secretly following them and they're sh- and he's like two <laughs> car links behind them the whole time. Exactly. Like he's at the edge of La Serena's sensor range. And I was like, well, look out the window. He's looking at the rearview mirror. You can see his face. 
Oh <laughs> my gosh, that's funny. But yeah, it was like All having right. Boris and Natasha are chasing him around the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, okay. to your point. Okay. Um, sorry, go ahead, because I'll, I'll hold my. No, thought. you go ahead. I, I got okay. another silly thing to bring up. To your point about, to you guys' point about her being cartoonish. Here's the here's the wild thing. When they showed the admonition, and they showed her getting the vision, and she was yeah. crying, she said, "What must we do?" That's the only time I bought her character. You know yeah. what I mean? Because then it made sense. And then on top of that, if you think about it, what didn't make sense was her brother, as evil as he was was always about, we've got to do this to save the universe. And so you can at least believe what he was doing. But to your guys' point, why was she so cartoonishly villainous, even though she had a cause that maybe how she went about it was wrong? She was trying to save the universe. And then by then, I'm like, oh, well, at least now I got some motivation. But all this yeah. stuff like she likes, oh, let's go kill all the, <laughs> the I'm going to kill all the exit. Uh, and then uh, when the one guy goes, we can jettison the Borg in, uh, in space. Ooh, I like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when evil Commodore O said, Engage uh, planetary sterilization pattern number five. <laughs> How many patterns do they have? I mean, that's a line worthy of Ed Wood. Yes. Right. I thought the same thing. Like, you uh, have a sterilization number. Yeah, she was, she was a little over the top, too. It was that kind of uneven writing that I kept noticing. Yeah. Just a little over the top. Just a little bit. Right. Go ahead. Now, I was going to say, and this is going to be super quick. Hmm. The thing that, I mean, by the end of the series, I was kind of buying into everything. And mm -hmm. then they threw space tulips at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was, uh, I mean, that was almost. Okay, Alan, was, they were orchids. Uh, whatever. I don't care what they were. It's still stupid. It I, was, I, I'm lost on that one. I didn't mind the orchids, okay? Because this is, uh, you know, the synth, oh, the synth planet. They're going to come up with their own technology. They've got this weird sort of synthetic organic thing going yeah. on. So I, and it was a cool visual. So, so uh, that, yeah. I'll, I'll, I I'll go say, with I that. I I'll take a tractor beam any day. Yeah. <laughs> right. But look, I mean, I'll, it was as silly as the big cavernous, you know, open space in the middle of Discovery. That's where true. the, you know, it was that silly. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I had a problem with the orchids too because uh, you're right. Like I, I didn't understand them. Um, yeah, and it, it also it was it was weird to your point. Like we're, we're sent, I got it, but uh, I, I just didn't get. Uh, and then they didn't use them again. Yeah, and then right. I think to you guys' point, sometimes if stuff is if you're not buying stuff completely, you can you can think about the logic. Like okay, for example, when Rana showed up with 218 ships. <laughs> And then they had 15 orchids left, right? And so right. the orchids attack. And then to your point, Alan, the animals like destroy them, destroy them. And I'm sorry to say, guys, I'm sitting there going, you got 218 shifts. You just go around the orchids. The entire yeah. Roman fleet was focused right yeah. there. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Just go around them. <laughs> and, then, and then Starfleet shows up with 11 billion of their own identical ships. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it's yeah. okay because it was Riker. Right, Riker yes. flies right. in to save the day, and I was yeah. like, "Heck yeah!" <laughs> I, I kind of chuckle with uh, Frakes had the Riker lean, which I know in real life that's because he has severe back problems. But I noticed in the chair he was still leaning like that. And people used to always comment on the Riker lean. He, I know he injured his back when he was young. That's why he walked the way mm. he did. He sits like that. But I just thought that was that, that was. I just uh, thought it was just cool swagger. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, he, yeah, he, he hurts a lot, but yeah, I, I, so I agree with you guys there. I thought that the the villains were a little, just a little cartoonish. And they they could have toned them back, and I, I'm not sure why they made them like that. Yeah, I, well, I wasn't a big fan of uh, Commodore O either. Yeah, I, either. I don't, I don't think I think it's not a good name to give a you know Romulan or a Vulcan. And mm -hmm. as soon as she walked in with sunglasses, I was like, I'm done. Well, let's transition into what we're hoping to see in season two and the trailer for season two. It just came out in the last week featuring Q. Oh my gosh. I love Q so much. I'm so, I'm, I'm so beyond excited that really? he is going to be in this and it's going to be a time travel thing. And it's going to almost be like, um, when all good things, it seems mm -hmm. like with a whole time twist and is everyone in time and, is everyone at different different timelines now and all that fun stuff? I mean, I'm a sucker for very certain specific things. And as soon as somebody in the trailer says, time has been broken, I was like, buddy, I'm in. <laughs> I, I am in 100%. I don't care what you do. I'm along for the ride. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I like 
alternate alternate timeline and time travel type stories. I love Q. I'm excited to see him back. Yeah. My reservations are that I was hoping to see a continuation of what's going to happen with these synths and the XBs yeah. and the Romulans and the storyline. Because it seemed like yeah. they got to episode 10 and said, okay, story's over. Like, wait, 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 wait. Sure. Like, and then someone just says, hey, guess what? They they restricted the synth ban. Are they, you know, they yeah, re- rescinded it. Rescinded the, the synth ban. Like, well, yeah, that was yeah. a big deal. That's just a throwaway. You know, know. like, oh, I know. To the point where they let a little kid die. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to see if they're going to continue how, in what way they'll continue the storylines from because it looks like mm-hmm. we're into alternate timelines and things like that now, which, okay, maybe it'll be great and maybe I'll love it. But I was, I, I would love to have seen more of what's going to happen with the synth planet now and the Romulan refugees and the XBs who I felt like were dropped halfway through the season. Agreed. You know, totally agree. Yeah. I I, I think both, all those are really fascinating concepts that deserve their own development. And I'm afraid we aren't going to get it. Yeah. Or if we do, it's going to be like set up and then all of a sudden, boom, everything goes haywire. Right. And we're again left with that storyline dropped midway through. Right. I agree. And that's exactly what I felt. Because to your point, the sense were written, the sense were pretty much convinced that organics were going to kill them. And they were they were all for bringing in the super sense. And I agree with you after 14 years, whatever of that ban, there are still some realistic concerns about the sense, not that mm-hmm. they're quote unquote evil, but there's still got to be concerns about that. So I agree with you. I think that there's a whole thing that has to happen with what's the future of the sense. And just because the ban has been lift it does that mean you can that, that they can just go back and create super intelligent sense in the lab again uh, and also uh, alan I think to your point about the geopolitical things i would really like to see a lot more of because again the rollins just had a fleet of 200 ships that were almost about to go to war with the federation we're gonna have some conversations about this yeah. and uh, i'd like to see more of that and also mm-hmm. even though to a certain extent the federation i think the federation's decision to abandon the Romulans was wrong i get charles you're saying why they should do that there's still some fixing that the federation needs i think gotcha. now i wasn't saying that they should abandon the romulans i was saying that i could understand why there would be people in the federation who think so right exactly. that they, you, yeah, that i'm not anti-romulan them. necessarily yeah i got you <laughs> right right and, and, and the, the, to the point like you're saying some some people in the federation thought it was a good decision and it, and it wasn't and i and i think the federation still needs a little fixing and, and also you yep. got to figure out how somebody like oh rolls all the way to the top of starfleet um you know the Starfleet hierarchy. So there's a there's pretending a lot more. to be a Vulcan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. So I would like to see a continuation of this series. I hope they don't completely drop it. Well, especially because I mean, I mean we, we finally got you know the sort of the continuation of what's going on with the 24th century. Right. Are we going to get another one now next season? And if they said it right, will it be back to the version we had, or will there be a third timeline in the third season? You know. Are, are we ever going to have a definitive right. sort of this exactly. is what's going on in the 24th century now? I mean, presumably, if history's messed exactly. up, data could come around the corner. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. if, the, if the timelines and, and what, what it looks like from the trailers, you've got, you know, Picard and sort of this black Starfleet ish outfit, him and Rios. They have these weird different badges on. It looks like Seven of mm-hmm. Nine's not even a Borg or an XP. Right. And it looks like it it is interesting. So is it in this new timeline? Is it that Annika never went to the Delta Quadrant? Did her parents go to the Delta Quadrant and not take her with them? So she never became Mm -hmm. seven. Right. I mean, and and there's in the uh, scene where she looks in the mirror and sees her prosthetic gone. So she's aware that she's in a different timeline. She has a a ring on her finger. Yep. Yeah. I'm surprised, Mm. too, that that's never a storyline that Voyager did would was if Annika Hansen had never been assimilated you, you would right. think that'd be a very Voyager type story to tell yeah that's but, true good um, point they, they never went there oh yeah, she yeah. had a ring on her finger huh yeah yeah Ooh, maybe, you, Chico- maybe Chico- oh, Chico- like, come around the corner no stop <laughs> <it>. <laughs> no. <laughs> do not invoke that name it looked like her and Rafi were hooking up at the end yeah oh that yeah. was another but weird this thing. is an um, alternate timeline so you know right I would love um, to think that's an end joke of just like, we'll just throw seven in a relationship <laughs> with no setup at the last minute. Totally. Yeah. It's interesting that we got, um, you know, n- no focus on them, but at least a close up of uh, some of the characters that are continuing on to the season two, but we didn't really see uh, Rafi. Yeah, you did. Not, well, we, we not saw focus. Was, oh, yeah, not, you not saw some focus. quick clips of her and Elnor sort yeah. of running around in Blade, Blade Runner world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but now we did get a quick clip of Agnes. It looks like she might be in prison. 
which uh, yeah, that would I'm be a nice place to find her at the start of season. Yes, two. it would. Yes, it would. Good point. And yeah, then we have a, a, an interesting shot of Picard in a new Admiral's uniform. Yes. With what looks like with, modern Starfleet. Exactly. With the flags behind him. Yeah. A Klingon flag. I saw a Bajoran flag. And I don't remember who all else. Yeah, there was a Ferengi and there was... Oh, there, Ferengi, there was, that's right. Yeah, there were several of them. Yeah. Um, but it'd be interesting if we started the new season and Picard's back in Starfleet. Yes. Because uh, I love it when Picard's in Starfleet. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Too. That's his first best destiny to... Uh, yeah, right on. Talk. So I'm uh, intrigued to see where they're going to go. Like, I just hope they don't... That I hope they don't think that all the storylines have been satisfactorily resolved from season one. I hope we don't I, lose that. I, but I'm... Go ahead. No, I agree with you, Charles. Okay. Well, does anyone have any closing thoughts about about Picard before we wrap it up? I do. Okay. Actually. Awesome. Um, so I was thinking about the synths and the synth ban and the reason why they need to have something in place because someone can just hack them and turn them against us at any time. We kind of just lived through that basically with the pipeline um, and the power outages. And it's <laughs> it's interesting to see what... If, if they do make any decisions, what they're going to do with that, because I mean, like we're so connected right now, like people have smart TVs and smart cameras mm -hmm. and, and stuff everywhere, which are don't have any mal uh, antivirus stuff on them. And people can hack into them extremely easily. If you know anything about hacking at all whatsoever, um, apparently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. According to Veronica Mars. <laughs> um, so it's like, what, where do we stop? Cause yeah. Our lives can get hacked. But then also, what are they going to do, the Federation going to do with this new technology where they can download your consciousness and put it in an Android body? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't, and to your point, I don't care what anybody says. If I was Picard, I'd be really pissed off. They put me in another 94 year old body. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> he, he had the chance to be 12 again and he passed it up. Yes. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel bad for him. There you go. <laughs> My final thought is that every time one of us has said synth ban, I hear synth band. And I think, <laughs> I think of a group of musicians all standing around playing synthesizers and playing this like, you know, Devo kind of music. And I would not mind seeing Picard go that direction. <laughs> well, I, I, and I'll say that. I never want to see another replicator that's actually just a modern day 3D printer. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that, that was, drives that, me that nuts. Was, that was so glaring. I was Gosh. stunned when I saw that. I, I was stunned that they like they you can't afford a hole in the wall. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can even see the little rip cable. The little yeah, they don't even there. try it. <laughs> that was great. Okay, I think my I think my final thought was I completely didn't know what to expect, and as like I said, a lot of people hated this series because they said it wasn't true Trek. But I think that what they did, how they painted the Federation, the cards doubt and feeling betrayed. I think that arc, even though the series is uneven, I think that arc of the card rediscovering himself and hopefully the Federation rediscovering itself was a good arc because at the end of the day, yeah. it reminds of who we are, and that's why I'm really concerned if they drop all those storylines like veronica said what the heck are we going to do with the sense because you still got to have laws can anybody in their lab just build a synth? uh there's, there's some things there so i i and, and charles every time we talk about this i say this every time i get so tired of star trek overdoing time travel i really do but some of the best star trek has been time travel yes yeah. <laughs> exactly i may exactly. be surprised again <laughs> so don't let us down picard right <laughs> right all right alan where can people find more of you on the internet um it's called the internet i am <laughs> everywhere no i'm kidding okay. just follow the eight stars <laughs> <laughs> um my publishing company is cosmicpress.com k-o-z-m-i-c press.com you can find that on facebook and twitter you can find uh hulanta the doctor who convention that i've run for 16 years you can find that on uh, Facebook and Twitter, and my Sunday evening music talk show. Um, you can find on YouTube and uh, my Facebook page. It's Alan's Music Room. And how about you, Keith? Man, I got to do more stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ESO Facebook groups and Instagram. That's where you find me hanging out most of the time. And how about us, Veronica? Feltnerdy.com. Ah, uh, she beat uh -huh. me. Ah, she did. Dang it. I almost had it. In case it wasn't Not clear to close. listeners, feltnerdy.com yep or you can find just search for felt nerdy on any social media and we're around or 
pretty soon at a convention near you. So yes. um, follow us on Facebook. We're going to be doing some live shows coming up here in the fall. And we're also doing some filming that's going to be going up online as well. So uh, stay tuned. All right, Veronica. I, I actually have something. And I thought about it at the very beginning of this episode. When we, <laughs> before we started recording, I was like, crap, I didn't do any Klingon names. What can oh, I do? Good. What can I do? Okay, so so here we go. Engage. <laughs> All right. What? <laughs> wow. not, not the most original one, but I'll take it. But it's appropriate for <laughs> yeah, the show that we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.